everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. This is another 12 days of the Comic Source episode, so I hope you're all having a festive holiday season, whatever it is you celebrate. Uh, once again, I have a fantastic comic creator joining me for the first time. Joshua Kassara is uh, on the show, a Marvel artist whose work uh, I, I really, really enjoy. So, Josh, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so uh, as I said, most people probably know you for your your cover work you've done. I mean, I, I really can't think of a Marvel series you haven't done a, a cover on. Everything from Captain Marvel, tons of stuff in the, the X-Men corner of the universe with Wolverine, Venom, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and I want to talk about that because it is kind of a different animal. Um, for those that, that don't realize, I, I met Josh at, uh, at LA Comic-Con just recently. We we're talking a little bit about uh, kind of the sensibility and designing the cover and kind of the thoughts that go into it um, and kind of discussing things that like uh, other very prominent cover artists like Joshua uh, Middleton had uh, had talked to me about. But I, I do want to touch on interior work because you you mentioned to me at the show that you, you really enjoy that because you, you know, to put it in cinematic sense, you get to be kind of the art director and the cinematographer and the director in a way, because you're, you're choosing the poses and, and the way the, um, the characters kind of move around the panel. So t- talk a little bit about that, um, those differences and, and how much enjoyment you get out of, uh, out of doing interiors. And then maybe you can take us through the kind of the process when you first get the script. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've always loved to draw, you know, I draw a pretty picture, but when I started drawing, well, when I first kind of gave myself a challenge, uh, when I was first trying out this whole comic thing, I just challenged myself. I wrote out like a little silent film in a way, like a 30 page script. And I followed along with my script and, you know, and, and, uh, ad libbing as I went, but at the end of it, what I really found out is how much I love to tell a story. And I was obsessed with it. Like I couldn't wait to do more and I love doing covers, but telling the story, you know, is the medium covers are cool and pretty and all, but we read the books. Right. And I love my, my, my absolute favorite part of the entire process is getting a script is my first read of a script because it's a blank canvas and I'm getting to read a book. Just like somebody's excited to pick up a book on a Wednesday, they get to read it for the first time. I'm getting to read it for the first time in a different way. You know, sometimes with re- with writers like uh, with Jerry, I work with now and with Ben previously, or even, you know, Donnie or whoever else I've worked with. A lot of times we've had some good back and forth. So I kind of know what's coming, but I really haven't seen the nuts and the bolts of it down. Like I've kind of seen some outlines or sometimes they ask me for my ideas of maybe what direction I want to go, which is very, extremely nice. So it's great to have writers that like include you in that part of it too. And seeing your ideas come you know, in the script are amazing. So it gets me even more excited to draw it. But that first read of a script is where all of a sudden, you know, those visuals come in because there's nothing. I haven't seen anything before. And they start popping in your head. Sometimes they'll reference an homage to something previously, but for the most part, it's a blank slate. And, you know, eventually I'll thumbnail out, you know, all 20 pages or whatever. But a lot of times in the first read, there's definitely a couple moments that stick in my head. Like just from the first sentence I read it, and I don't have to noodle it out. I don't have to work it out. I already have that image burned in my head of what I want to do with that moment. And so you know, sometimes I just do the most basic scribble to remind me what the composition was, but I can just go right in, you know, even two weeks later, or a month later, or two months later, I know exactly what I wanted to do with it. And just, just again, see it come to life. And as I'm, you know, as I'm turning pages in, you know, I'll scan them in and I'll keep a little file in like my, uh, my phone and a different album of each issue that I'm doing. And I go back and forth and I reread the story 
constantly. I'll do it several times a day and I'll go back and forth and just reread it visually, make sure I'm not kind of being redundant with the same angles, but also just making sure that the story is clear. I mean, that is my job ultimately. Number one, yeah, I can, you know, draw a really cool splash page, but it's really about just making the storytelling clear, whether there's, you know, dialogue or not. Yeah. So you, you kind of touched on a little bit, something you said earlier in your answer, uh, and then you kind of touched on the end and it was something that stuck with me. You, you talked about getting the script and, and having a couple of moments visually that are kind of keystones for you uh, to, to give it a term um, that helps inform what you do building up to that moment. And then also coming out of it, uh, you, you mentioned not wanting to, to be redundant. So, you, you know, you have these few moments that really stand out to you visually and that informs the way you lay out the rest of the pages and the panels. Is that correct? Oh, hundred percent. Because sometimes you are building up to that. And, and I know that sometimes you can go out of sequence, but I like to do everything in sequence, not just, I mean, continuity sake. Yeah. So if, you know, somebody gets punched here, or like it's a, a, a rip in their shirt here, hopefully I'm drawing the same thing along the way and there's continuity things, but I think just me, I kind of like the emotional roller coaster of, of drawing it and going through the story. And, and then, I, I mean, I did 10 lives of Wolverine with, with um, Ben and just getting through, it was so intense and they, the, the story was relentless and I felt exhausted. Not, I mean, yeah, I draw 10, 15 hours a day or whatever that that's what, I mean, I built up some, some endurance. I was literally kind of emotionally exhausted going through it. And, um, and the same thing here, we just had an issue of the X-Men and there's this big moment building up to sink and Laura meeting up um, spoilers for anybody who has read it. I'm sorry, but um <laughs> I was, you know, really excited and building up to that. I knew I was going to do that. And I, I really waited to draw that last because I, I didn't, I just wanted to feel it and get the whole story in and then get to that moment. I really knew I had to nail that one. Like that's one I'm like, I can't fudge the answer, I guess, if, you know, for lack of a yeah, better word. You, you mentioned Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Dugan, Ben Percy, obviously on Wolverine, Donnie Cates. So you've had the, the, the pleasure of working with some really strong writers who have a great sense of storytelling. Um, and it's nice to hear that, you know, they're open and, and, you know, I think the best writers will, will go to the artist and say, Hey, what, you know, what do you enjoy drawing? You know, what can we put in the story? Because, you know, they want the story to shine. They want to get the best uh, work out of you. Um, does that extend to character design as well? Is there a lot of back and forth or have you found that most of the writers you work with just kind of give you like a prompt and you just say, Hey, go, go nuts with, uh, with character design. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gotten to too much character design. A lot of that's with our editors too, though. So I got to have to give them credit and, and as well as they, you know, they're the one kind of steering the, the ship overall. And there's a lot of back and forth between editorial and the writers. And sometimes the writers have like a very specific idea, but they're, they're, and again, I've been very lucky. Jerry's exactly the same way. He's like, Hey, I've got this idea, but if you have something that you want to do instead or something better, like just throw my idea out. That's not a problem. Just, I like it though, because it gets me, you know, if somebody just says, draw something cool, uh, again, you're staring at a blank page. But if you just right. give me a little nugget, if all they just say is one word, it just, you, it snowballs, right? It just gets mm -hmm. me turning the right way. So I absolutely love when they give me any kind of reference photo, whether I use it or not, it just starts getting my brain turning the right way. So when it comes to like designing different characters, I, they usually seem to be really open with me because they go, hey, you're the artist. You're the one that, you know, that you're the one who's going to visualize it. Yeah, again, I... Those successful writers, you know, they they know what their where their area lies, and they know, hey, you know, Josh is incredible talent. I'm going to take advantage of that, not give him uh, too much to work from. Um, 
we've talked about some of the things that you enjoy drawing. What are what are some of the challenges? Um, you mentioned wanting to get emotion in into the the script and how intense that uh, Ten Lives of Wolverine story was, and it certainly and it certainly was. Um, is it is it the the talking head moments? Is it you know the quieter moments? It's, it's hard to keep it visually interesting. What do you find um, where your biggest challenges are as an artist? Um, it's yeah, I guess it's the character acting and getting trying to get the moment right. And I want to make sure, like I you know, hope with the writers they have. I I, I hope they have as finalized dialogue as much as possible because once I turn the art in, sometimes they do change the dialogue a little bit. But usually, depending on my art, it seems like they're like, well, this. I like the way you did this. So maybe in the emotion they have here, but I really act out like maybe an actor just reading a script, you know, I'm, I'm picturing how they're going to, you know, their body language and things. It's just, it's something that I feel so is so important, you know, as opposed to just punching somebody. Like I love a good talking head scene. If, you know, again, if I, if the writer's doing it right too, and in you know i'm invested as well if they're writing it well and i'm oh yeah heck yeah i want to do this too and i want to show as much as i can and whether it's just a small tilt of the head and i try to use hands you know we use our hands a lot in gesturing um i really love that part of the character i can and i guess it does your question is what's challenging honestly that seems to be not really what's challenging but it's what i actually like a lot to do again it's about this clarity of the story and through your you know your character's uh you know, actions. Yeah. Again, I, I guess that speaks to the, you know, as you're saying that I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, moments in, in comics that are some of my favorite and it speaks to the collabor- collaborative medium that it is, you know, it is words and pictures. I can think of moments that really blew me away that are, didn't have any dialogue at all. It was all about the visual and, yeah. you know, the visual storytelling that, you know, as a scene unfolded, but there's other times where it's a bombshell dropped by a character, you know, in the script and in, in their, their dialogue, what they're saying. So you know, it, it really does go hand in hand. It's it's like it's like nothing else. Comics. It's like nothing else. Exactly. That's that's why we read them. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned scanning the art in. So I, I imagine that you uh, you work all digitally. Is that how you've always done it? Did you ever used to go traditional and you've switched to digital? Um, oh, no, for sake well, of speed or? No, I mean you say like scanning. Like I literally, I I, I work one hundred percent traditional. Oh wow. So, okay. Hundred percent traditional, and uh, the only—I mean, I scan it in on my scanner, and I, you know, I, I put it up in Photoshop, so I have the file ready for Marvel. I do some cleanup and stuff, maybe a little bit of clean, but I don't make it too clean. Like, there's some artists and inkers that make their page like it's. I've already spent so much time on a page, I would hate to spend another five hours cleaning up a page. So, I don't do that much cleanup. Some, I'm sure, some of the colorists kind of curse me out for that because I think <laughs> a lot of sometimes they might clean it up a little bit for, on their end, um, but. Uh, no, I, I'm traditional. I'll do some edits. Uh, like, you know, if the, if the editor needs, you know, Hey, there's a little bit of the costume thing or just whatever, something here, maybe the blood, we want to do it. Let's just do it black instead. I can do that digitally, but if it's like redraw a panel, redraw like a position, I'll actually physically redraw the panel. And because I haven't really been able to match digitally my style. So it would stick out like a sore thumb. if I did the drawing digitally compared to there's other artists who can pull it off and it seems pretty seamless. Um, I'm not one of those artists. Uh, So I'll actually physically draw it out and I'll scan it in and I'll digitally patch it. And if somebody actually buys the artwork later on, they have the choice of me either cutting out the frame and panel and sticking it right on the page or they can have it separate, you know, from it. And they can have both the the really bad drawing I did underneath or (laughs) um, sometimes it's like, oh, it's embarrassing. I don't even want you to see how bad I drew that. Wow. That's funny. Well, that's bad. That's that blows me away. I mean, it's great to hear that there's still some people out there working traditionally and and i get it like a lot of the artists i talk to it's all about 
time, you know, that they can just save so much time doing it digitally. But, but you're right. Um, you know, now that I think back on, especially that 10 lives of Wolverine story. Um, yeah, it's when you work traditionally that there is that, you know, you mentioned, mentioned it be, being kind of messy there. It has a dif- different texture, a different feel, you know, like when, when digital art first came on the, um, on the scene, it definitely felt kind of plastic, if you know what I mean. Like you, you can definitely tell something when it's digitally painted. It just has that slickness to it, which is good in some some moments, but in others, it doesn't give that that texture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and and I mean, with line art, it was very sterile, and you know, just it wasn't mixed. But now there's so many good um, brushes and tools, and they've gotten mm-hmm. so much better with the pressure sensitivity, and again, with just the varied brushes that. Now, I mean, it's becoming indistinguishable. I can kind of tell. I mean, take for instance, I mean, like Pepe Larras, like he generally does digital, but he does physical for a lot of his covers or some of his other things too. And he's one of those things that it's pretty seamless. It's tough to tell right. his, the difference between his digital and his physical artwork. So he's one of the few that I think he can pull it off. I mean, I mean, he's maybe the best current working artist. So I, I don't know. He's just he's just like a he's a magic man. Um, but I, you know, I, I still just do it like this old school. I'm, you know, even though I'm, it seems like I'm probably relatively new to a lot of people. Like I'm just, I'm an old, I'm an old person and I, I like drawing on paper still. Yeah. Uh, another artist that comes to mind uh, is Mark Brooks. Obviously a lot of his covers are, are digital, but uh, yeah. you know, he's a friend and a few years ago he, he learned how to airbrush. Mm-hmm. And so, he, you know, technically that's traditional, you know, he's, he's using multimedia and he's, he's actually producing physical art. But when yeah. you look at his airbrush, sometimes, man, you can't tell that it's not, that it wasn't digitally done. He's so, so talented. Oh, he's amazing. I mean, yeah, what he does with markers and paints and stuff like that. I mean, he's, he's found his own niche of his style, you know, like uh, you can't, you know, you from across a room, you can tell who, who did that. And that's yeah, awesome. his, yeah. His art. Uh, he's one of my favorite cover artists. And then I also mentioned um, Joshua Middleton, Lee Bermejo is another one. And then, and then yourself, you know, you're on that list as well. Um, and we've talked a lot about interiors. Um, but we also, you know, at the show mentioned that, yeah, when you're, when you're doing a single image and yeah, you want it to look cool, but you do also want to tell a little bit of a story, you know, it might be a micro story, I think is what you called it. So talk a little bit about your, your process there. Is it, is it talking to the writer about what the particular issue is? Is it talking to the editor? Is it both? Is it what, uh, you know, ideas you come up with? I'm, I mean, I'm, I, you must thumbnail that out as well. Right. And, and talk to him yeah. before you go down the, the rabbit hole of each particular cover. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it starts with the editor you get an email from the editor and here's the prompt of like, Hey, this cover, you know, we're, do- we're working at the least it's three months out, right. Before they even get solicited. So an extra month before, you know, I draw it, it gets solicited. So probably four months out before it even gets published. Sometimes there's interior, sometimes there's not, sometimes there's even a finished script. Sometimes there's not. So, um, you know, I was doing like, I was with like the storm breakers, like we were just doing a whole series of, you know, that was fun because you just kind of got to get pretty experimental. I got to do, you know, like some, a really cool black Panther cover or some cool homage covers and stuff. So we had prompts like that from the editors, but then I'm like, I'm the regular cover artist for X-Force and I've done, I think now 25 covers in a row straight for X-Force. And I've, wow. like, I want to keep that train running. Yeah. Keep that rolling. Um, I've got, there's a new book coming out. I don't think it's announced yet. I'm just the cover artist for the series, which I've had a lot of back and forth where I'm just, you know, sometimes I get the cover artist, but I, I've on the email, I've got the writer and I actually got the interior artist. And I really want to include them as much as possible in their ideas as well, because I say like, yeah, maybe I'm doing the covers, but this is your book. This is the book that you guys are putting out there. So I've, I've been really aware of putting them 
you know, putting their ideas, kind of infuse them into, you know, see what they want and check with them too. Cause I'm going to make them, you know, proud of it and feel a part of it as well. So it just kind of depends, you know, if it's Ben or Jerry or Jordan or Lauren, um, they, they have these sometimes just amazing ideas uh, that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to run with that. And other times it's just kind of like, here's some basic ideas and I might just throw them a curveball. Well, this is actually what I was thinking. Speaking of like curveball, I literally did a fastball special cover that will probably be showing up pretty soon that wasn't even on our radar for doing a fastball special. You know, if you know, the nerds know what I'm talking about. So um, and I threw it out there and we're like, Oh yeah, this is perfect. Let's totally use that. So it's, it's, sometimes it's the editors that have this perfect idea and other times it's like, Oh, I just got to noodle with it and figure it out. And um, usually sometimes that, you know, you put in a bunch of ideas and you're like, you're not happy with any of them. And they're like, okay, well, this one's pretty cool. And I say, just give me another day or two to just come up. And sometimes you just sit on it and something else pops up, something better comes up. Usually it does. You just let your mind work and, you know, work in the background while you're doing your interior stuff. Yeah, that's interesting to me too, right? Because I I talk to a lot of writers as well, and they're like, you know, you're you're if you're a writer, a comic book writer, you're sort of always working, right? Whether you're in the shower, you're, you know, you're about to go to sleep, you're on, you know, you're at a walk, grocery store, whatever it is, you know, you're always noodling away, especially if you're having an issue breaking a script or hitting a certain plot point, that sort yeah. of thing. Kind of similar uh, to what you're saying here, where sometimes that idea you kind of got to sort of give your brain a rest, right? Let your subconscious work on it, so to speak. That's that's 100% true. I like I may I might not be physically drawing, but I'm constantly thinking about storytelling. Like it's so stupid. Like like I, I literally like I said on my phone I'll have my folder and I'll I'll rifle through my storytelling of the last two three issues and then okay we're, I'm getting up to this point and I'll go back and I'll reread it and go back and go back and and I'm constantly thinking about it and thinking about whether it's the, the moments in the future or just kind of revisiting the stuff that I have been doing um, or even just mindlessly staring at something not criticizing but just kind of taking it in i just got some colors but i did a free comic i did uh, the x-men version part of the uh, of free comic book day co- book coming up right and it's already in the can mm-hmm. and i was already actually getting some colors in too and i'm i was completely blown away by the colors and i had just no notes except for like there was just one that was colored anyway i just i just kept just staring at it it's just it came in so beautiful and so awesome. I was just stunned. And I'm just like, I can't wait to see where this comes. And, and again, it was like, my mind's working of like, oh, so now in the future with the next pages, if I'm working with this colors down the road, like I can kind of not change my art, but also think about who's going to be coloring, you know, while I'm drawing it. So like, there's some elements that they do really well that I can make sure that I can feature them as well. So uh, I'm just constantly thinking about things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's in service to the story, you know, visually it's going to make it better if they, if they do lightning really well or explosion really well, then yeah, you want to kind of, kind of highlight that. That's so interesting because, you know, we were talking before about building up to certain moments, you know, within an issue, but you're talking about even within your run, you know, even from issue to issue, um, the art may be building to something, which I I find so interesting. I've never talked to an artist that puts that much thought into the the storytelling. So uh, give you a lot of credit for that. Thank you. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's my job and, it, and it's a, it's a, it's a passion and a job too. You know, as much as you think like, Oh, you're just clocking in and drawing. Yeah, I am. I'll be out to dinner or whatever. And I find myself thinking about oh, what I'm going to be drawing tomorrow. And, you know, maybe cause I'm relatively new, but I've been doing it for many, many years now. So I don't think it's really going to change anytime soon. 
Yeah. And you, you, a lot of your stuff, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of your X-Men work. Uh, you, you were doing the interiors on, on the regular X-Men book here, had a, a little run um, you, just as a fan. I mean, is that just your, is that your favorite? Is, is the X-Men corner of the Marvel universe kind of where your, uh, where your first love lies? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a child of the nineties and, and, you know, it's, it's the Jim Lee X-Men. It's the Rob Liefeld X-Force, Mark Silvestri X-Men. Like that, that is where I came of age too. So, you know, my heart is there. Like I actually, I got to revisit one of the old uniforms on a character just recently and they let the editorial, let me do it. I was so pumped to do it, you know? That's awesome. Um, And yeah, I love it. it. There's so many. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, of course, I like Spider-Man and, and all that sort of thing. And But yeah, I guess the mutants are where it's at uh, for me. And then when they asked me to come on X-Force, I was, it was, it was a no brainer for me. And then just be part of, you know, this Hickman era, I got to read the Hickman Bible early on and see what the heck he was doing. It was like, holy crap. And then, and then I got to, you know, jump on board with Ben Percy and, you know, what, he, what he's doing on X-Force and what I, you know, hopefully I, you know, helped kind of build on X-Force and, you know, I'm still doing the covers and I'm, so I'm still constant in contact with all those guys with my edit, with the editors and Ben's one of my good friends now. So, and then now with Jerry, with the X-Men, it's like, okay, now it's your turn on the X-Men. And while it was, it was both, you know, I was so excited yet. So incredibly nervous because, you know, heck yeah, I'm going to jump on, you know, when CB Sobolski, I got a phone call from the editor, your chief, you don't get an editor phone call from the editor-in-chief much um asked me to do the x-men and it's like i was so excited first and then all of a sudden it came fun i mean like i just started thinking of everybody you know i just right. it's, it's it's pepe it's 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 lionel you it's it's jim chung it's it's jim lee it's alan davis it's mark Sylvester. it's just and it goes all the way back to jack you know like i was incredibly intimidated but then i just sat back and go just do you that's the reason yeah. why they asked you you know don't try to be anybody and don't think about it just do what you do and so i'm 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 trying to yeah well i mean obviously the challenge of a team book you know more characters uh, you mentioned working digital uh, working traditionally so that takes a little more time but but yeah i gotta imagine you know there's there's a little bit of pressure a little bit of nervousness there's only one person that draws x-men you know at a time basically yeah but we're talking you know legends from cockroom to burn to Paul Davis to Sylvester, Jim Lee, like all those names. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's fantastic. I mean, dream come true for, uh, for young uh, Joshua Casera, right? Yeah. 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 If you, if you told 13 year old that you're going to be drawing the X-Men at someday, yeah, it just like pinch me. That's awesome. Or Wolverine, you know, come on. I, you know, I had Wolverine number one, my brother bought Wolverine number one when I was a kid and I just stared at that cover of him standing on a pile of dudes. And I'm like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, well, the other thing about doing covers, you know, the fact that you you get um, asked to do so many, it does give you a chance to kind of cross people off the bucket list, right? That you wouldn't necessarily, you know, you might not necessarily get a chance to do a Spider-Man interior, but you can do a, a Spider-Man cover. So at least you could say you've, you've worked on them. Is there any characters you, you haven't done, whether interiors or cover that is is still on that list that you're like, man, I have this great idea for yeah. uh, an image of this particular character. Anybody come to mind? I had... Well, you say Spider-Man. I technically did get to do some spy, a Spider-Man on a Venom cover or like a web of Venom cover. And he was in there, but it was about Venom, right? It was a Venom thing. And I just have a bit of Spider-Man. So I would love to do like one just straight up featuring Spider-Man. Um, any versions fine with me. Uh, I got to do, finally do The Thing. I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. And The Thing is just, I think, one of the coolest looking characters. And I've loved like well, everybody who's ever drawn him. But um 
Jack Kirby. You know, my favorite, my favorite version was actually Carlos Pacheco, who we actually unfortunately mm. just lost. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I love it. He had a short run of Fantastic Four and I love that's That to me, I, I thought he just drew it the best. Um, and I got to do a, like a, a thing variant um, cover and I got to do him at the Alicia Masters actually chiseling out because she's a sculptor chiseling out a thing, you know, rock. Right. Uh, culture and that was kind of my idea that i had and i'm like i didn't even i don't even think i gave the editorial any other options I'm like this is my idea and this is the <laughs> thing i want to do this is and, what you're getting <laughs> yeah so that one kind of got that one crossed that one got crossed off the list but uh you know yeah i'm at marvel you know of course there's probably dc some characters that i would love to do i was i was a, I'm, I, I'm still am a huge fan of brian boland's animal man covers mm. so i would love to do an animal man cover and just just to say I did it and just do one of my, cause he's just, he blew me as way as a kid. I, I would buy animal man just to buy those covers. I don't even think I, you know, I might've read one or two issues out of buying 15 of them, you know, yeah. and because I would buy the covers cause I thought they were so amazing. So on that end, probably, probably that animal man. And then in Marvel, you know, like you said, I've been, I've been crossing them off the list. Um, I, you know, I had an idea for Iron Man, but I ended up using it actually for a storm cover with, I did a, a, a series of, it was, a, it was not one of those weirdos who like dreams and draws things, but I had like a dream of this design. It was of all the different Iron Man suits and the way it was. And there was going to be like energy or lightning. But then eventually when they pitched me like, Hey, we want you to do a storm cover with different versions of storm. I basically just use storm yeah, instead, yeah. instead of Iron Man there. Well, let me, I mean, and again, this might not be a character you're, you're interested in, but uh, if I could have a, uh, you do a, a character on a cover, it's somebody that's not, you know, super popular, that that well-known, but uh, I even have, we were speaking of Mark Brooks earlier. Mark Brooks did a, a commission for me of, in his Tron, you know, when he did those Tron, uh, when Tron 2 came out, he did those homages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my my commission. It's a, a, a Tron-inspired Taskmaster I'd love to see your take on on Taskmaster. He's so visually interesting to me. I'd love to see your take on on Taskmaster. I only got got to draw him once, like on a splash page where there's a whole bunch of villains and stuff like that. And he was kind of in the background there. So I never got to really get down into him. But that would actually be a really good one. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. uh, So, CB, if you're listening to this, uh, let's get Josh on a a task. I mean, I don't even know where he's showing up these days. He shows up so randomly. That's Um, right. But Josh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's been great chatting with you about your, your process and, and how much you love storytelling. Again, kudos uh, for all the hard work you, you do. Um, anything you can tease? I mean, you, you mentioned you have that uh, fastball special uh, cover coming up, which again, any X-Men fan or Marvel fan should know exactly what that is. Uh, can't wait to see it. Um, but it, you know, you probably can't mention any uh, particular uh, gig you have coming up, but um, more interiors in, in 2023. We're going to see more from you. Oh, definitely. I'm still, I'm still on X-Men. I know for as long as Jerry and uh, uh, the X office have me, I mean, like I, I kind of signed on to do a year of drawing uh, interior. So it'll be approximately six or eight, or maybe nine, hopefully, but uh, over the, the whole year um, of X-Men interiors, uh, I've got some X-Men covers, a combination of some variants. I think some main covers. I'm still hopefully the X-Men or the X-Force. X-Force right. I love just doing this run. I, I'm really happy doing those. Uh, there's another series like a mini series like i said i'm doing some covers for and you know there's some random ones thrown at me i do have free comic it'll be my first free comic book day uh book coming up which is actually kind of cool because they're like you want to do this i'm like oh heck yeah i want to do that that's like yeah. kind of a, that's a big honor to do mm-hmm. and actually jerry's writing it and 
we're going to go, we're actually going to be at a store on free comic book day with our book, which I don't think happens much because usually the writers and artists aren't that close, you know, you know, a lot of times across country or across the world. So we'll actually be there and, and get to meet people and, and show them our, our nerdy X-Men stuff. Well, fantastic. Uh, if people want to follow along with your, your work, uh, where's the best place social media wise um, to, to uh, keep up to date with what you have coming up? Twitter is probably the where I'm most active. Uh, just Joshua Casera. Um, and on Twitter, uh, there's an Instagram, Joshua D. Casera, that uh, I'm not as active. I'm not really Instagramming. My wife kind of uh, heads that ship because she's all, she's all about that end. So I just kind of like, hey, like you can do that. So again, back and forth. Anybody can message me, whether it's about you know original art or just anything, just nerdy stuff, process stuff. Or I try to post a lot of process stuff. You know, for like I'm a nerd and I love seeing other artists like I, I the finished product is beautiful but I love seeing how the sausage is made I like seeing how people do layouts and so I try to post a lot of penciling or thumbnails or even a lot of, I'll actually post me erasing a lot uh, that I think is kind of fun to see because sometimes it's a really good drawing but it's just like, back to storytelling I'm like this doesn't work for the panel it doesn't get the emotion across and so I'll erase it and people go are you crazy and it's like well no I'm doing it in service of the story right so if you uh, if you guys want to watch me erase stuff come come follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Well, everybody, I'll put links to Josh's social media in the show notes. So if you're having trouble finding, you can go and click there. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, that alert, you know, seeing what other people do, you know, the way they work, how the sausage is made, it helps you as an artist. You know, you mentioned you always want to do what's best in service of the story, but you also want to keep evolving. Um, and, you know, you were talking earlier about seeing what this you know particular color artist does really well can push you in, in new directions, even seeing that uh, so that you keep growing so that you have more tools in your toolbox to then be able to have better storytelling and tell better stories. So it, it all, it, you never stop evolving, my man, I guess is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Cheers to that. Yeah. So uh, again, listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I want to wish everybody happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Hope you're uh, enjoying it with family and everyone is uh, is safe and happy this holiday season. So uh, Josh, again, thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you too. Happy holidays. And to all you listeners, uh, thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.